Welcome to another podcast from the Royal College of Psychiatrists. My name is Dr. Aves Badat, and I'm a psychiatrist and teaching fellow based in Gloucester. Today we are discussing the concept of internet addiction. Joining us is Dr. King Wa Fu from the Journalism and Media Studies Center at the University of Hong Kong, who together with his colleagues published a paper in the June 2010 issue of the British Journal of Psychiatry, where they tried to discover how much internet addiction existed in Hong Kong and what its typical features were. Although internet addiction is very new and not formally recognized as a mental disorder by the world's psychiatric authorities as yet, there's plenty of research and emerging evidence that the problem of internet addiction does indeed exist and that many thousands of people around the world may indeed be suffering from it. We hope that as research continues, we will be able to define the disorder if it exists and very importantly, to find new and effective ways of treating it. Welcome, Dr. Fu, and thank you for being on the podcast today. Thank you. As a first question, uh, I wanted to ask a little bit about the background to your study. What do we know about internet addiction so far? And what kind of typical features do we find in internet addiction? And what kind of harm might it cause someone? I would say we, as researchers, must work even harder to gain knowledge on this new phenomenon. Yes. There has been growing public awareness of this potential effect, where this effect arising from internet addiction usage, as well as there are many cases report in the academic journal and media story in the newspaper about this phenomenon around the world, especially for young people who are increasingly spending more time online for learning and as well as for leisure. The problematic use of internet is recognized by many people as an important social problem. But as we, as you have already said, internet addiction is not yet formally recognized as a mental disorder. The APA, the American Psychology Association, is now in the process of revising its DSM, the Diagnostic and Statistic Manual the book of defining mental disorder, with the fifth edition due to be published in May 2013. As the DSM-5 committee has recently suggested to classify the internet addiction into a newly created category, namely um, behavioral addiction, and being considering to including, include uh, internet addiction in the manual's appendix so you may ask, why put it in the appendix rather than doing the main test? Because DSM-5 committee think there was insufficient research data currently available and encouraged doing more research on this subject. In short, we need to know more about internet addiction and to define in boundaries before rushing to give diagnosis or even to treat patients. So. There are now no standardized and clear-cut clinical assessment criteria for internet addiction. Over a decade, researchers seek to use different instruments to measure an individual's addictive internet behavior. So we would not be surprised to see that previous epidemiological um, cell uh, report survey studies indicate a wide range of preference rates of internet addiction in the community sample, ranging from 0.9% to 38%.
Okay, let's take an example in China, the largest internet market in the world. A government report claimed that, with surprise, one in every six Chinese internet user may have already developed certain um, symptoms of internet addiction. But because of the fact that we have no standard yet, it's really hard to say what internet addiction is and how serious it would be. Okay, thank you very much for that. So what you're saying is that although it is not defined formally yet, we're actually looking at trying to define it. And because it's not been defined, we know it's there, but the figures we get when we look for it are very wide range, as you say, from 0.9 right up to 38%. Um, so you then ended up uh, formulating a question for your study. Can you describe what exactly you set out to discover in your study and what kind of questions were you trying to answer and, and how did you go about doing this? So we did uh, review a lot of previous literatures. We find one of the central criticisms against defining internet addiction as a standalone psychiatric disorder is from the previous result. Internet addiction does not seem to exist independently, and it does coexist with other mental conditions, including a long list such as ADHD, depressive, uh, depressive disorder, um, uh, anxiety disorders, low self-esteem, impulsivities, social anxiety, shyness, and suicidalities. So many people argued if internet addiction really exists, or it is simply among the array of symptoms of currently existing mental disorder. So this is the question in mind for, for, for us. So our team in the University of Hong Kong was trying to figure out the question I just, I just state. To what extent can internet addiction be differentiated from other mental conditions or mental disorders? And at the same time, would it be also associated with them? We think that these are the key questions for understanding internet addiction. Because if we can't clinically differentiate internet addiction from others, it may have no point to have a separate mental disorder label for internet addiction. Otherwise, we have legitimate reason to have it as a mental disorder and diagnosis. And finally, answer the question of how to treat the people who need help. Okay, another question is, if internet addiction is a separate mental disorder, it could also more likely co-occur to a certain extent with other mental disorders. So if this is the case, so who are they? Who are these mental disorders? This is another question we want to find out. So with this question in mind, we did our study in Hong Kong in year, date back to um, 2005. We interviewed 208 adolescents between the age of 15 to 19 in a panel uh, household survey study. The teenagers were asked questions about how often they use the internet, whether they display certain uh, psychiatric symptoms, such as symptoms of depression or anxiety or thought of suicide. And finally, they fill up a checklist to find out if they have shown 
certain uh, symptoms of uh, internet addiction. Okay, I must elaborate a bit on this uh, eight-item checklist. This instrument is not a formal standard, but it is widely used in the research community. Symptoms of possible internet addiction as defined in this instrument include feeling preoccupied with the internet, feeling that the need to use the internet for an increasing amount of time, um, feeling uh, redness, moody, depressed, while attempting to cut down internet use, staying, uh, staying online for longer than intent, risking the loss of a significant relationship, job, educational, or career opportunity because of internet use, lying to his family and others about internet use, and the last one, using the internet as a way to escape from a problem. Thank you. So um, it sounds as if you basically tried to crystallize the idea of internet addiction by looking at a cross sample of Hong Kong adolescents and asking them questions about internet addiction, which were kind of based on a previous questionnaire, which was actually intended for uh, pathological gambling, but the principles remained the same uh, with any addiction, uh, as with gambling, as with as with the internet. Um, could you describe for us what were the main results and, and, and what kind of fresh information do we now know from your study? Uh, okay. So we found that about 6.7% of the Hong Kong teenagers has five or more than five uh, symptoms of internet addiction. Just roughly speaking, about one in 15. Um, but the most interesting part of our study in my opinion, is not about the preference rate. It's another issue. Is that is the studies demonstrated that internet addiction was, on one hand, associated with depressive symptoms and the thought of, of suicide. But it could still be sufficiently differentiated from a few other mental disorders. Okay, or say in another way, for example, we find many young people developed symptoms of internet addiction and at the same time depression symptoms. But at the same time we find sufficiently large number of them only developed symptoms of internet addiction without depressive symptoms. So this piece of evidence appears to suggest of course, we need further more uh, research to confirm this finding. It seems to suggest that interdiction could occur independently, and it could also come with this uh, psychiatric condition, including depressive symptoms and uh, uh, suicidality. So this is a major part of our study that makes sense to consider inner addiction could occur independently, but also in comorbid with the other mental disorder. I see. Thank you. So that's uh, quite a critical new discovery. Not only does internet addiction exist in association with uh, other disorders, but there is evidence to suggest it exists simply on its own. Um, 
what do you think? It's fairly early to say, and I recognize that you're not a clinician yourself, but do you think this has implications for the public? I mean, what kind of things could a health professional do to learn more about it? And maybe what if a person is listening to this and they think that they or someone they know may suffer some kind of internet addiction? Uh, my first comment is, okay, as DSM-5, it's right now in the process of revision and uh, consultation. So our studies attempt to highlight the issue of defining internet addiction and its boundary with respect to other mental health conditions, in my opinion. It's a tiny, it's a very tiny. I wish APA or um, uh, ICD in the future would take our idea and define it into account. We do think that Creating a new mental disorder in DSM-5 or ICD-10 in the future is an extremely important issue. And it has implications, not, that, not just for the mental uh, or medical professional or patients, but also for the whole society at large in many different aspects. We should pay attention to the development of this new phenomenon as young people are expected to spend more time on using internet, new media, social media, mobile device. But at the same time, we should also try not to turn some normal human behavior into mental illness. We should do it cautiously. It should not be, it should be the question to strike the right balance. So another second comment, as you mentioned, I must declare myself, I'm neither a clinician nor a psychiatrist. And indeed, I am a social scientist researching media's effect. So I'm not in a strong position to give advice to uh, psychiatrists. But if I can do this, I just want to make one suggestion to the clinician that they should pay closer attention to the behavior of Internet use and uh, need new media use when treating young people with depressive symptoms and uh, psychiatric behavior. That our findings show uh, they have some kind of correlations. This should be alternative way for clinicians to understand your patient completely and to unfold their potentially hidden uh, mental condition. So, um, at last, um, maybe some evidence-based intervention for a standalone diagnosis of internet addiction is not yet available. We know that, and so it would be too early to suggest something that about treatment or intervention. But I think more psychiatric treatment studies are necessary to examine internet addiction as a secondary outcome measure, although. Uh, empirical evidence has shown that some established treatments are effective for treating depression and uh, suicidality. But given our finding that some cases of internet addictions are comorbid with depressive symptoms and suicidality, it would be of interest to investigate whether they are secondary uh, treatment effect on internet addiction. Thank you very much. So the conclusive 
tentative conclusions we are uh, reaching is that uh, internet addiction is a social phenomenon and we have the question on our desk, so to speak, to try and work out how much of it is normal human behavior and what point does it become a disorder. And uh, when we are clear on these issues, then we can uh, define better treatment. That's extremely helpful to the profession. Uh, Dr. Fu, thank you very much for being on the podcast today. Thank you.